chapter 2? Is that a threat? He will crush your head. Genesis 3, 15. It is my personal opinion that nativity sets are among the weirdest things ever. Now, I'm not saying I'm against nativity sets or that it's wrong to have one. I'm merely stepping back from the situation and pointing out that it's a little strange to make an artistic keepsake that illustrates the moments just after Jesus was born. Who decided that this particular setting should be commemorated in little statues that we put on our mantles, hang on our trees, and gift wrap for our friends at Christmas? I have personally witnessed the labor and delivery of several human beings, and although it was amazing to see, I didn't really feel the need to get out the arts and crafts and memorialize the scene. Those nativity sets seem pretty reductive as well. They're always so clean, sweet, peaceful, and beautiful. And I understand why. Nativity sets aren't instructive or historical. They're decorative. I get that. I understand the purpose of art. But the beauty of those little statues doesn't really speak to me. It confuses me. You see, the coming of Jesus wasn't glossy or picturesque. It didn't accentuate the color of our upholstery or table runners, and it wasn't a hit on Pinterest. The birth of the Messiah wasn't like a Disney movie. It was messier than that. It was two poverty-stricken teenagers whose family had abandoned them to have their first child out in the elements with no aid. It was scary. It was difficult. There were tears and screams and desperate prayers. And there was blood. And then there was a baby. After all the pain, confusion, and chaos, there was this precious little baby, breathing in and out with tiny lungs, opening and closing big, dark, alert eyes, looking, thinking, and living. And maybe that's why we make nativity sets, because there's a baby. And whatever else came before, all of a sudden, Christmas becomes really cute. Since there's a baby, Christmas is cute. I can still remember holding our first baby on her first night in the hospital. I remember that she never really cried all that much in those early days. She just squeaked a bunch. She was so cute and so soft, and she just kept squeaking. She would open up those huge eyes and look all around, so interested in everything, so alert and so alive. I remember wondering what in the world she was thinking. Christy and I would guess at what baby thoughts were like. When she looked at me, I figured she was thinking, there's that guy with the big face, I I don't want him. I want that other face. And then when Christy held her, I imagined she was thinking, there she is. There's that face I want to see. Did Mary and Joseph have those thoughts and those conversations? Did they stare down into the newborn face of our Lord and wonder what he was thinking? Of course they did. They had to, right? I think every person who looks an infant full in the face has to be overwhelmed by the wonder of what may be going on behind those eyes. 
babies are marvels. On the one hand, they're so brand new, so helpless and fragile. But on the other hand, there is a depth and a mystery behind the open and alert eyes of an infant that can't be accounted for with reason alone. The thing is, if Mary and Joseph could have read baby Jesus' thoughts, they would have been shocked. The New Testament actually tells us exactly what our Lord was thinking when he was being swaddled in the manger. Hebrews 10 says, When Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. I have come to do your will. Wow. Jesus came down here on a mission. Actually, the word Christmas literally means the mission of the Christ. It was a rescue mission, a military engagement. It was an aggressive retaliation aimed at undoing the damage caused by the spiritual forces of wickedness that are led by Satan himself. 1 John chapter 3 says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. In other words, Jesus came down here to pick a fight. In fact, the first Old Testament prophecy about the coming of the Messiah wasn't just a promise. It was a threat. The first mention of Jesus' advent wasn't given to God's people. It wasn't a beautiful or poetic promise of encouragement and comfort. It was a warning uttered by God directly to Satan. In Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, listening to the slithering lies of the enemy of God, when Eve plucked the fruit and Adam stayed silent. She ate, he watched, the snake laughed, and the whole world broke. When God showed up asking, what have you done? Adam blamed his wife who turned and blamed the snake. And with a broken heart, God told his kids how the shattered pieces of what they had done would keep on falling as long as the world turned. But before he did anything else, God looked right at that snake and said, because you have done this, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. It was God's way of saying to his enemy, You may have started this, but I'm going to finish it. Merry Christmas, you sorry, lying, slithering snake. This was Almighty God saying, Meet me at the bus stop after school because it is so on. Christmas was the first bell of a cosmic prize fight between God and Satan. And by the way, it's going to get ugly, but in the end, Jesus will wipe the floor with his ancient foe. In one corner, the so-called king of terrors, the father of lies, the accuser of the brethren. In the other corner, the ancient of days, the lion of Judah, the true king of kings, the one who was and is, and is to come. 
Now, it's hard to remember all that when you're looking at a beautiful nativity set featuring a really cute baby Jesus. It would be like memorializing D-Day with stuffed animals and construction paper. It just doesn't quite fit. D-Day wasn't cute. And Jesus' rescue mission doesn't really match the color of our living room or the style of our mantelpiece. Jesus came here to fight his enemy, period. He came to tie up the strong man and plunder his house. He came to reclaim his world and seek that which was lost. He came to fight and to give his life because no one, no one messes with his kids. He came for you. Yes, you. Jesus came to die. It would be scary and difficult. There would be tears and screams and desperate prayers. And there would be blood. He came to die in order to fulfill a promise and to make good on a threat. He came to fight the devil because he loves you and he would do anything, everything for you.